be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Learn to think differently. Learn to live differently. God wants you to do more than just survive. He wants you to thrive. Be changed. Be renewed. Be transformed. Once again, everybody, welcome to South Suburban, and we are into week three of this series that we're calling Transformed. And, you know, we've got this key passage found in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. This week, I want to look at it in a a different translation, and you guys have recognized by now that I, I like looking at different translations. I love hearing the different ways that you can look at the same Passage And today I want us to look at this in the New Living Translation. You'll see it on the screen. I believe it's in your notes as well. And it says this, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. The challenge has been extended. (laughs) How many of you guys, you'd be really honest and say it's going to be a really tough job to change the way I think. All right, yeah, I, heard, I saw some wives elbowing their husbands, okay. Uh, if you grew up in the house that I did, you, you had a dad who said, it's my way or the highway. His thinking was pretty set. And we can have confidence in our thinking. There, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing unbiblical about that as well. However, spiritual maturity is when you get to a place where you say, there might be some things that I need to change. There might be a way of thinking that actually needs to change in my life, and that's actually what we're going to look at today. So let me sum up for you what I want to say this weekend in one sentence, and that is, God is far more concerned with changing your mind than changing your circumstances. That's actually his priority, is to change the way that you think. We typically want God to change our circumstances. We want God to take away all the problems all the pain, and God says, I I know that's important, but more important than what is happening to you is what's happening in you. And so God is far more interested in changing your mind than he is your circumstance because nothing happens in your life, no transformation really happens until you renew your mind until there's a a way of right thinking that happens. Renewing your mind is when you're able to get your thoughts back to the way that God intended them to flow. Now, without raising your hand, how many of you guys would admit that your mind has drifted? It's, It's wandered away from the way that God really wants it to work. Renewing our mind is a really significant theme throughout all of Scripture. Because no transformation takes place until your thoughts begin to change and line up with God's purposes. So this week, we're going to look at, <clears throat> we're going to look at mental health. How do you have a healthy mind? And why is it important that I manage my thought life well? 
So as we get started, let me give you three reasons. We're going to jump right into it, and you're going to want to write these down in your notes this morning. Three reasons why I must manage my mind. The first is because my thoughts control my life. The way that I think is extremely important. My thoughts control my life. Every single action begins as a thought. Now, that's good and bad. (laughs) That's good and bad. Um, My thoughts control my life. Proverbs 4.23 says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Most people don't realize how important and how significant their thinking is. Your thought life has major ramifications in your life. Now, many of you would would shake your head and agree. You recognize that. And yet, oftentimes we fail to recognize that we can control our thoughts. It's a pretty bold statement. We're going to get into that in just a moment here. But the Bible says the power of your mind, the power of your thoughts, has tremendous ability to shape your life for good or for bad. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about your feelings. Feelings are important. We're going to talk about emotional health. But your feelings don't shape your life like your thoughts do. Because your thoughts become your beliefs. And your beliefs, if you believe it, whether it's true or not, now that's significant, okay? We're going to come back to this as well. Whether what you believe is true or not is not the point. What you believe will shape your life. And we've got to, we've got to reconcile, reconcile ourselves with that. If you believe it, whether it's true or not, it's going to shape your life. Now, a lot of things have been spoken to you over the years that just weren't true. Now again, spiritual maturity is when we get to the place where we own up to the fact that we have bought into lies in our life. That's no condemnation on you. It's, it's just recognizing, acknowledging the fact that sometimes misinformation was communicated to us and we received it. <laughs> A lie was planted in front of us and we bought into it. Now what is so difficult about lies? It's that we believe them. If a lie was labeled a lie, it'd be really easy for us, wouldn't it? The problem is that we believe them. We believe them. So God is all about this business of transforming our thinking, renewing our mind, and our thoughts will control our life. So if you heard growing up, that you were worthless. If you heard that thought, if you had that planted in front of you that you were no good or that you were ugly or you were clumsy, if you accepted that thought, whether it was right or wrong, it shaped your life. And many of you, years later, you're still living on misinformation. You're still acting on lies and on false information. And scripture says that you need to be changed, be transformed by changing your mind. Your thinking has got to change. Your thinking has got to change because, again, good and bad, my thoughts will control my life. The second reason that I need to manage my mind is because the mind is the battleground for sin. 
I think every one of us would recognize this. Our mind is where this battle fights. We often think temptation is somewhere out there. Temptation is something external, but temptation actually happens between our ears. That's why in James chapter 1, verse 15, he makes this bold statement that sin is birthed in your mind. That's where it begins. It happens between your ears. So when we talk about the sin of, of pride or lust or bitterness or anger or fear, where do those things happen? They happen in your mind. If you can learn to manage your mind, you can learn to manage your life in a godly way because this is where this battleground is. So Paul in Romans 7 is very articulate in expressing our feelings. I mean, see if this resonates with you. Here's what he says. Romans chapter 7, verse 22 and 23. I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned. But, there's always a but, but there's something else deep within me that is at war with my mind. And it wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin within me. In my mind, I want to be God's servant, but instead I find myself still enslaved to sin. Now, what's he talking about here? He's talking about this battle in our minds. He's talking about the battle of your brain. It's one of the reasons that we get mentally fatigued is because there is a constant battle that's happening in our brain. 24-7, whether you're conscious of it or not, there's a battle that is happening. And the reason why it's always going on in your brain is because there's a battle for the way that you think. There's a fight for the decision seat of your life. Satan would love to control your mind. The world would love to influence your thoughts because whatever gets your attention gets you. Whatever captures your attention gets you. And there is this relentlessness to the battle of the mind that can become exhausting. It can become discouraging for those who are losing this battle. And you have probably felt at some point in your life that you were losing the battle in your brain. And it feels exhausting. And it feels relentless. But this is a truth. The battle is in your brain. It's so important for us to manage our mind, to control our mind, because that's where the battleground is. Number three, because it's the key to peace and happiness. It's the key to peace and happiness. All of us want that. The world wants that. Peace and happiness. Scripture talks about how this is so important. And if you learn what we're going to talk about today and you begin to apply it to your life, your peace of mind will go up. And so will fulfillment in your life. Now, how many of you guys, you would like that? Like, we could just stop right now. Give me peace of mind and fulfillment, and I'm out the door. I can still catch the Broncos game right now. <laughs> peace of mind, yes. Fulfillment, yes. Everybody wants it. But here's, here's the catch. An undisciplined mind leads to tension, and it leads to pressure. But a disciplined mind is what leads you to peace. An unmanaged mind will lead into conflict, into chaos, but a managed mind leads you to confidence. 
if you don't discipline your thoughts, if you just let them go all over the place and run rampant wherever they go, it will lead you to an enormous amount of mental stress in your life. If you don't control your thoughts, if you just let them go wherever they want to go, but a managed mind, a controlled mind, this is what we're talking about, how do we, how do we control our mind? It leads to strength, leads to security, leads to peace. Here's what the Bible says about this in Romans chapter 8, verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Letting it just wander, letting it just go, letting it just weep, it leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Here's the beautiful part. You can choose. You can choose. For so much of our life, we feel like it's just, we're a victim to it. You can choose. If you want to let your old nature control your mind, or if you want to let God's spirit control your mind, you can choose. A lot of people don't realize that you can choose. In fact, nobody else can choose for you. The devil would like to choose. He would like to control your thoughts, but he can't. And God has said, I'm not going to control your thoughts. That's your job. I'm going to help you. That's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to give you scripture. I'm going to empower you to do this, but it's your job. So here's the, uh, here's the challenge before you. Are listening? Own your thoughts. Own your thoughts. It's your life. It's your mind. Own it. Don't let it just run away. Don't let somebody else control it. Own your thoughts. It will control, it will affect, it will shape your life. It'll transform your life. You can own it. That's the challenge today. All right, I'm getting worked up before I'm even starting to preach. Listen, <laughs> Satan would like to control your thoughts. He can't. God has said it's your job. You own it. You can control your thoughts. You don't have to be thinking about the things that you've been thinking about. You don't have to. You can change. If you want to have a healthy mind, you've got to break free from the bad patterns of thinking, and you need to start making some good choices. And we're going to talk about those choices today. The Bible says that there's three choices for a healthy mind. You don't need to write these down right now because we're going to come back to them. I have to feed my mind. I have to free my mind. And I have to focus my mind. We're going to talk about those three things. They're all choices that you make, not one time, but you make them on a regular basis. Here we go. Number one, if I want to have a healthy mind, I must feed my mind with the truth. I must feed my mind with the truth. Listen, we all know the importance of nutrition in our, in our physical bodies. If we eat good food, it gives us energy, it makes us stronger, it makes us healthier. But if we eat what everybody calls junk food or bad food, not only does it slow us down, but it makes us unhealthy. It will harm our bodies. The same is true in our thought life. What we feed our thought life will either produce health or unhealth. It'll produce life or it'll produce death. I must feed my mind, not with junk, not with poison, but with truth. In fact, in your small group this week, that's what your focus is going to be, looking at the kinds of things you should be putting into your brain, the things you should be putting into your mind. You need the best information 
to live the best life that God has created for you. And that information is found right in the word of God. It's called the truth. It's called the truth. Jesus tells us in Matthew 4, 4, that man cannot live on bread alone, but he must feed on every word of God. You can't just live on physical food. You also need some soul food. You need some mental food, and that's the word of God, and you must feed your brain. So if you're taking in the truth, if you're receiving the truth into your mind and into your brain, it is going to renew your mind. It's going to change the way that you think. And if you're constantly taking it in, because listen to me, taking in God's word is not a Sunday morning thing. If this is the only time that you're opening up the word of God, you have an unhealthy habit in your life. If the only time you eat healthy food is on Sundays, and then the other six days you're eating junk food, what's it going to produce? Unhealth. You have to be constantly taking this in, okay? If you are constantly thinking on the truth, if you have a steady stream of truth in your life, it's going to transform your thinking. It's going to change the way you think. The psalmist said this. He said, I don't care what time of day it is, whether it's morning, noon, or night, I have one thing that I do. I keep my mind on the truth. It's what God has called me to. The second thing, number two, I must free my mind from destructive thoughts. I must free my mind from destructive thoughts. The next five to ten minutes could change somebody's life today. It's probably the most significant portion of this sermon today. I want you to listen. I want you to listen deeply because this is a challenge that every one of us struggles with. Your mind needs to be liberated. It needs to be set free. It needs to be released. Because oftentimes we become a prisoner of things that people have told us that simply weren't true. And we have to reconcile ourselves with the fact that at some point in our life, we have bought into lies. They're damaging. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. Remember, if you believed it, it will affect your life. So again, if you were told that you were clumsy growing up, whether it was true or not, maybe you weren't clumsy at all. But if you believed it, then you begin to see yourself that way. And it begins to shape your life. And this is extremely important. I've got to free my mind from destructive thoughts. And that's not easy. The reason it's not easy is because you have three enemies that are fighting against you in this whole process. Three enemies that don't want you to, to have your mind set free. It's your old nature, the way you used to live. It's the devil, what scripture calls the enemy of our soul. And it's the world that we live in that would like to influence us as well. They're, they're all trying to feed these destructive thoughts and trying to get us to take the bait because they don't want us to have a free mind. And if you're fighting those three things, that's when you have that battle feel. That's when you feel the, the exhaustion at times. But here's what Scripture says. How, how do you fight this battle? How do you fight this mental battle? It's there. How do you fight it? We're going to look at the, probably the central passage to today's sermon. We put it in your notes. It'll be on the screen as well. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 
And I'm going to read it for us, and we're going we're to kind of hover around this passage today. And I believe that the Word of God is going to set some people free today in this. This is extremely significant, all right? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, Though we live in the world, we do not wage, world, wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. He's talking about this mental battle that we go through. Our weapons have divine power, God's power, to demolish strongholds. I want you to circle that word strongholds in your notes today because we're going to come back to this. Our weapons have divine power, God's power, to demolish strongholds in our life. We demolish any argument, those are external arguments. We demolish any argument and every pretension. Those are internal thoughts. So we tear down, we demolish the external arguments and the internal thoughts that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. Now this is a key passage to this mental battle, and we're going to unpack it here. I want you to notice the warfare language that the writer is using here. This is warfare language. This is a battle. He's talking about this battle in your mind, and he says this. This is significant. We demolish strongholds. What's a stronghold? What's a stronghold? Very simply, a stronghold is a lie that I have bought into. A stronghold is a lie that I have bought into, and out of that lie, the enemy begins to develop destructive patterns in my life. That's a stronghold. I bought into a lie. The lie might be that God doesn't love me. The lie might be that I know better than God what will make me happy. Those are lies, and they're strongholds. It could be the belief that the whole goal in life is just to have fun or to make money. Those are lies, they become strongholds, and out of that lie, the enemy begins to develop destructive patterns in your life. Those are strongholds, and Paul says, we tear down, we demolish strongholds. If you're going to have a mentally healthy life, this is key. You're going to have to know how to demolish strongholds in your life. So how do we do this? Because the challenge with a stronghold is that a lie has lodged itself into your thinking. How do you dislodge it? How do you get rid of it? Because again, the challenge with a lie is what? We believe it's true. So how do you identify it and how do you dislodge it? Here's what Paul says. I want you to circle these two phrases. First, he says, we take captive. Circle that. We take captive. It literally means to conquer it. It means to bring it under control. We conquer our thoughts. We say, I'm not going to allow my thoughts to simply run rampant any longer. Some of you, that is a significant piece for today. Paul says this, own your thoughts. They're yours. You control them. You control them. You take them captive. You do not allow your thoughts to just run rampant. You know what it's like when your thoughts just run rampant. And you can't call it creativity, all right? You can't just say, like, I just let my thoughts go because God made me a creative person. Listen, creativity is when you control. When God, when God gives you something, but you still control those and you channel those thoughts, 
An undisciplined mind is not God's desire and his plan for you. You have to bring into captivity every one of your thoughts. That means you control your thought life. You don't let your thoughts just run rampant. Here's the other phrase I want you to circle. We make it obedient. So we take captive every thought, and then we make it obedient. It literally means to bring it under submission. Does this thought line up with God's word? This is when you're able to identify what the lie is. When you say, I will not let my thoughts just run rampant, I will take them captive, and then I will look at that thought, and I will make it submit to the word of God, and I will say, is this truth, or is it a lie? Many of you have never done that in your life. You've never taken your thought life and made it submit to the word of God. If you want a mental health situation, you want mentally, how am I going to say this? If you want a mental health situation, if you want to live a, a life where you are mentally healthy, you have got to take your thoughts captive and make them submit to God's word. Because we bought into lies. And that's when you say, does this line up with God's word or not? Do your thoughts line up with God's word? Guys, this is so significant. It shapes you. It forms you. So here's, our, here's, here's my problem, and maybe you can relate. My mind likes to rebel. When I need to ponder, my mind wants to wander. Right? It rebels against me. It doesn't want to always obey me. How many of you guys have ever struggled with that before? You don't have to raise your hand, all right? Listen, listen. Our mind likes to wander. Paul says we take it captive. We make it obedient to the word of God. You have a choice. Your mind has to listen to you. And the reason why most people are ineffective and they lack joy in life is because they've never learned how to make their thoughts submit to God's word. I will not allow my thoughts to just run rampant. I'll make them submit. You've got to find those lies and you've got to root them out. So let's, let's finish this. First, I have to feed my mind constantly on the truth then I have to free my mind from those destructive thoughts. And the third is this, I must focus my mind on the right things. I must focus my mind on the right things. For mental health, I have to focus my mind on the right things. Uh, there's a lot of scientific research about, about these physical grooves in your brain. They're developed by your patterns of thinking. The way that you think develops a physical groove in your brain. That's why it's so tough to get out of them sometimes. Okay? So when we take the word of God in, the truth of God, we identify the destructive, we, dis we identify the bad grooves, and we dislodge them, and we pull ourselves out. Now we're talking about developing new grooves 
new patterns of thinking. Some of you guys have been waiting since the 70s to hear somebody say, you need to be groovy in your thinking, <laughs> all right? You've been waiting for years for that. You need to develop good grooves. Now, this, this is spiritual truth, okay? You need to develop good grooves, new patterns of thinking. And here's what Scripture says you should be thinking on. This is one example that Paul gives us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is, listen, true. He starts out with truth. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, he gives us eight things right here. And he says, Think about these things. We're going to focus our mind on the right things. We're going to start developing new patterns of thinking, healthy patterns, new grooves in our brain. And this is significant because, again, what you dwell on is going to shape you. Whatever gets your attention is going to shape those grooves, and it will shape you in your life. So Paul tells us to dwell on these things. These things are going to help develop right living and God's peace in our life. In fact, he gives us these, this, these eight virtues in our life that will produce a wholesome and healthy thought pattern. Some of you need to make sure that you're dwelling on the right things. So when we talk about identifying lies, identify the lie, but then don't dwell on it anymore. Start to fill your mind with the right things. Refocus on the truth. Scripture says the truth will set us free. It liberates our thinking. It gets us into a healthy place, developing healthy, godly patterns. And again, in this, in this week, in, in your small groups, you're gonna be focusing on what to fill your minds with. But Paul gives us a pretty good start right here in Philippians so let me, let me summarize this briefly today. Your mind is important for you to control. Your thoughts, your thought life is important for you to control because it will shape your life. It's where the battle is with the enemy, and it's the key for your peace and your joy and fulfillment. And there's three things that Scripture says that we need to do in order to manage our thoughts Feed our mind on the truth, free our mind from destructive thoughts, and then focus our mind on the right things. And here's a beautiful passage. Beautiful passage. Scripture talks about it in the Old Testament where God is, is sharing his heart for our freedom and for the peace that he wants for us. And he promises something. He said, I'll keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on me. I will keep you in perfect peace if your thoughts are focused on me. It's a beautiful promise. That's what I want for you guys this morning. That's what I want for me. That's what I want for my life. Now, the first step to all of this, all of this transformation we've been talking about for the last three weeks, the first step has always been and it always will be surrender. It's saying, God, I want you to lead my life from this day forward. 
And if you've never done that before, if you've never surrendered your life to him, I want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning before we close. And so I'm going to ask everybody to just simply bow their heads. This is a beautiful, holy moment between you and God right now. And if you are ready today to just say, God, I want to surrender. I want you to lead my life from this day forward. I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. You can say, God, I thank you for loving me even in my messiness, even in my current mental state. God, right where I'm at, thank you for loving me. But Lord, I really need you to lead my life now. I need you to be the one who guides me, who directs me. I need you to be my Lord. And so Jesus, I ask that you'd forgive me of my sin, that you would become my Lord, you'd become my Savior from this very day forward. That's what I'm praying, Jesus. And I pray it in your name, the strong Son of God. Amen. Amen. Listen, there's a couple of things, um, and then we're going to transition into a time of communion. At the end of our service, we're going to have some prayer teams up here, and they're here to pray for you. Maybe you're in a difficult mental state right now. Maybe your mind, your thoughts have just been a, that battle of the mind has just been exhausting. It's been discouraging. We're here to pray for you today. It's part of what a church does. And so we're going to have our elders up here, our spiritual leaders of, of our, the church here, to pray for you, whatever you're facing. It could be anything. But here's, here's the second part of that. If you prayed that prayer of, of um, submitting to God with me just a moment ago, I want to invite you to do something with me. On the back of your connection card is a box that says, I said yes. And I want to encourage you to take just a second here. Check the box. Put your name on it. That's all we need. And at the end of our service today, would you bring that card up to one of our elders? Because we would love to begin praying for you right now and to, to celebrate with you this decision that you made. In fact, let's take a moment and celebrate and congratulate those. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Um, we're going to move into a time of communion today. And, and you know, this, this freedom that God wants for you, this mental health that he wants for you, here's some of the good news. He already paid the price for it. That's what, part of what we're recognizing today. He already laid the groundwork. He already paid the price, and he's given us his word to be able to walk through these things now. And that's part of what we are doing today as we remember and as we celebrate communion. Before we do that, I just want to ask you to join me with a closing prayer, and then we'll, we'll move into communion. Father, uh, Lord, you gave us our mind. <laughs> your word says that we're made in your image. It's one of the greatest gifts that we've received from you, Lord, is, is our intellect, our thinking. And we recognize it's part of what sets us apart from all the rest of your creation, Lord. But Lord, we also realize how important it is for us to be mentally healthy. And so God, we ask that you'd help us to put into practice the things that we've, we've talked about today. What your word says, Lord, help us to make these choices on a, a daily basis, God, of feeding our mind with your truth and, and just freeing our mind from those destructive patterns of thinking and to focus our mind on good things. Lord, we ask that you would help us in this, that you'd, you'd change us, Lord, by changing our thinking. It's in Christ's name we pray and all God's people said.